Assalamu alaikum, shalom, mir, nihal, buenos dias, buenos tardes, hezeche, akwaba, vugmin, what up though? This is Convo with Zuri G. I am Zuri G, aka Peter Johansson Osisi. And in these joints, we have convos with brethren from all around the earth. Not necessarily each one being all around from the earth, but collectively, respectively perspectively all them teams so in this joint we've got an, an archive joint another archive we are in the archives at this point um and this is a combo that i have with brother yakov jacob uh a number of years ago in a, in a another series on another platform uh where we talk about people's religious beliefs uh perspectives experience and additionally and so uh, it was called belief briefs uh, during that period and just like some basic questions about each person's experience so uh, we have on schedule a number of those conversations from that series and this is one of those combos um, and so it's about half an hour uh, it's been uh, probably years since I've listened to it uh, at least in full um, but Jacob is a, a beautiful brother who uh, has a, a wide amount of experience with many different religious traditions. He studies to become a Buddhist monk and almost uh, completes the ordination process. Uh, he works in a bakery in the ATL in, the, in Cherokee land for a number of years. Uh, he studies in Israel. Um, he refers to himself as a trans-denominational Jew and he is also a Sufi. Um, and he is, uh, he is uh, part of the religious leadership within the Sufi community as well. Um, so he, we, he and I meet uh, a number of years ago at an interfaith uh, discussion group called uh, Communities in Conversation, uh, where we met at the library on, on, on a weekly basis and talked about just uh, people's religious experience. This was over a decade ago. Uh, and then the converse were, conversations were so nice uh, in that in that group that we would, uh, after the library would close, we'd go to the nearby coffee house and continue the combo. Uh, and so from there, uh, that was when I started beginning, become increasingly involved in interfaith work um, here in the local Cuyahoga area. And so uh, Jacob lived, grow, is born and raised here uh, and is, is uh, uh, very involved in, in the Jewish community in, in many of the different um, um, uh, parts of the D Jewish community from Reconstructionists to Reform to Orthodox um, and 
to be honest, probably less amount of like conservative and um, modern Orthodox, although there's a big leap between the Reform and Orthodox, so it's all covered in there. Uh, but the point is that he, he's involved in a lot of interfaith uh, work and interested in interfaith work, and so through the years, uh, he and I work on a number of materials, including an interfaith service um, that has a collection of, of, of blessings, songs, chants, prayers, mantras from many different uh, communities, and he, he shares from his experience. Um, I attend many of the Sufi gatherings through the years, um, through his invitation, um, and we visit a number of different uh, houses of worship through the years um, in, in, in uh, connecting with brethren around here in the Cuyahoga area uh, from the different communities. So uh, he's a dear brother from through the years, and this is one of the conversations that we have uh, about his religious experience with his spiritual path. Um, and uh, like I said, it's about half an hour long. And uh, without further ado, here it is. Greetings, shalom, Jacob. Uh, Hi. We are we are continuing with this uh, the series of uh, belief briefs where we're. Uh, Talking with friends about uh, the, the different uh, religious traditions and experience that our that our friends have, and so um, uh, the, the the idea is just asking you a few questions uh, about okay. your. So uh, just knowing you, um, we talked about this before about um, the the multiple affiliations uh, that you have, and so uh, there's an interest in, in hearing about all of that. Um, so. Um, is, is there anything you want to ask before we get into it, or are, you, are we ready to roll? No, no, I, I am not now, nor I ever ever been. Oh, never mind. That was another question right. period. Okay, go ahead. All right. <laughs> okay. So here we go. First uh -huh. question: um, What is your religion? Oh, yeah. See, see, I, I don't. I wouldn't call claim to have a religion because. But I'm, you know, I'm affiliated, I suppose, or I'm connected to. Somebody asked me, "What are you?" I said, "I'm a Jewish person, okay. and I'm an observant Jew. I'm a trans-denominational Jew." Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Um, I also, well, I mean, I'm essentially connected to the One Being, which means how I've identified is my connection with Sufism, which is, by the way, not a religion. Okay. Sufism is not a religion. Sure. So I mean, and I so, but. Uh, I uh, use that as part of my spiritual life. It's, I've been around for 43, 44, 40, something like that years with that spiritual path. Mm. And they're the ones that got me reconnected on a deeper level with Judaism. And I have been in Christian monasteries, uh, lived for up to three weeks. I was a Zen monk for about a year. And I still feel connected to Buddhism. So, I, you know, I, it's not just something that I philosophically connect up with. I feel connected. I feel connected on an experiential level with many different religions. There's not a religion really that I don't think has some of the truth. Somebody could say, is Judaism better? I don't know. I don't think so. It's the same. It's just, I happen to like the vocabulary and I feel comfortable with the way the conveyance and my tradition and my culture, but I like it specifically, but I don't feel in any way that it's superior to anything hmm. that's out there. Nice. Nice. All right. Thank you. Uh, I get, do I get extra points for that answer? Or? Let's go spot. on to some other thing where prizes will be available. You're, 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 uh, you're baiting me, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resist. <laughs> I already, I already set right. up a little bit with the gold star thing. But anyways, all right. 
That was yeah, actually that that's a very poor statement in this context. Anyways, <laughs> um, I I I see the as for that. Uh, anyway, so continuing on. Um, second question: um, When does your religion begin? And and I'm using the word religion. It can All be right. Spirituality, tradition. Um, it, however, it's 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 a it's a um, it's a specific word, but I'm I'm communicating it in a general manner. So, um, however you find it applicable, you can use whatever words you find appropriate for yourself. But um, when does when does it's an odd question, Peter? I know, and I know. I mean, I never thought when when does it begin? Yeah. I mean, when does it end? I mean, I guess when you're alive and when you're dead. I guess when you decide to, you can always say no to a religion. I mean, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. If you want to, I have not done that too much, although some religion probably needs to be a lot of people saying no, because the structure is in the way many times of people having the intention of the uh, purpose of what the religion's trying to evoke from a person. Mm. And sometimes the traditions help and sometimes they don't. In our day and age, I think the problem is that people are rejecting these things because they're not helping. The mm. clergy and the dogma are interfering with people's directly connecting up. And so there's a disappointment for myself. Uh, I don't, I, I like to be in the religion and then transcend it, but I just happen to like it. So when does it begin? I, I just don't know the answer to that thing. I, I don't, I mean, I have breath, so I have it, but I guess I've always been interested and I don't know when it begins really. I, I don't okay. know. It's a trick question. Is that a trick question? It's, it's actually, it's you, you're you, the way that, the way that, um, you, you, um, receive it and, and, uh, convey it, uh, is increasingly okay. existential. Uh, and, and I appreciate oh, okay. that. Uh, and that's very okay. valid and, and relevant. Um, the, the, the thinking behind the question is, is kind of like in a very mundane kind of, um, um, kind of pigeonholing kind of context of just, uh, like, um, when does when did the <laughs> begin or um when 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 is the um when is like uh, uh a tangible point in history um uh, that uh, oh, I see. Oh. The, the practice of the religion begins uh, but like i say your 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 response is very valid because in, in, mm. in the experience of religion itself is a process of renewing yeah, but i've heard different i've read things historically but it's not experiential for me so it's less important Okay. Uh, for me, for me, it's just not. Uh, it's interesting to study okay. it, but I don't find it that that vital. Sure. Okay. Well, let's 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 keep it at that and continue on to the next question. And perhaps at the end we may have opportunity for additional discussion or or just um, riffing. Okay. So the third question is: Who is the founder of your religion? Huh, that's an interesting thing too, yeah, because it's um, a very finite, somewhat, somewhat um, inapplicable. Um, I don't. I think the prophets and these different people, like Moses, or they didn't found a religion. I mean, I don't think many of them actually decide, except maybe Moses wanted to organize a group. But I think Jesus and everybody, they just uh, who I connect up with these teachings. I think they've always been. I just think at different times in history the divine being needs to be shaped in a certain way so it's culturally relative, mm. relevant to people and the language that can be expressed. For myself, I don't think there's ever been a time, I mean, Muhammad, the prophet, had something very important to say, and it's still relevant, I mean, the inspiration of that. But uh, for myself, I, 
I, I, I think it, I mean, I would be curious what things were like 60,000 years ago. I mean, mm -hmm. I would like to think like very long ago, when did something, there must've been a jump in human origins, but you know, most religions in our, that we're studying are involved with is 6,000, four to 6,000 years at the latest. Mm. But, uh, I don't know if you think later, there must've been some spiritual life took on a little bit different clothing or, uh, or what the nature of the, the, the epic was, the, the period. So my, let's get back to the question for me, when, when did Judaism start? I guess there was a, there was a time when people had been around and then they named it after they'd already been around for about 800 years or something, I guess, wow. I guess. And they sort of organized the teachings, the oral teachings, and put it into writing. But uh, again, it's that's important as a sociological thing. And I suppose if somebody asked me, I'd need to answer them. But it doesn't really affect me much in my life. But when did it begin? Who, who, what did you say? Who started it? Well, that what did, when, uh, who is the founder? Oh, who is the founder? Yeah. Oh. I mean, if you're Jewish, you have to say something like Moses, I guess. I don't, Abraham, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the Sufis, we talk about Abraham and the Egyptian mysteries and different things, but there are other people that say Sufism's been around for thousands and way pre that. I mean, there's always, there's never been a time when it's not been around. Sure. It's just that, you know, the Desert Fathers and different people came out of the, the desert and, it, you know, it's identified as Sufism, but I've read, uh, uh, Marat Yagan and stuff about other things in the Caucasus that these mystery traditions have lasted are very ancient. I mean, we don't even have a recorded history, but I could see that. But I don't know about. I don't have any con something anything concrete about that. But I've read different things. A lot of Sufis say, "Well, it started with Muhammad." Never argue about it with anybody. I don't really don't know. I know what my own teacher, husband of the Khan, says, but. On various occasions, he's brought it up. Uh, I've already mentioned that. Okay. Okay. That's cool. it. Thank you. So, continuing on to the next uh, challenging question: um, Who or what is the highest authority in your religion? There's an accountant in Seattle who a lot of people don't know. He's one of the hidden. Right. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I don't know. I I don't. That, you know, there are these traditions that there's 36, and it's spread out. I mean, you know, Catholics have the Pope. We have a chief rabbi, but Judaism seems to have a spread out, an agreement that somehow by the higher authorities, and certainly I respect uh, the people who are the rabbis of the different sages of our time, and I, I know some of the traditions of the authority. See, that, that, the questions you're asking, that setup is not really that really... It's I not know. attuned. I people know. are not really looking at, well, Bubba said it. So people who are immature spiritually need to know those questions. I'm not saying that, and I'm any better that. than anybody, but I don't think of, excuse me, you yeah. go ahead, please. That's, that's, and that's, that's where it's coming from, Jacob. I, I mean, I recognize these questions, and, 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 I, and a number of friends mentioned this as well, how, how the questions are less uh, accurate or... or, or um, no, no, you're doing a good job. I just worry this, that you're going to blackmail me at some time. What? <laughs> it's all benevolent intentions. So, um, but but the idea okay. is okay. Um, 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 structuring th these questions, um, particularly for those who 
are less familiar with just religion and particularly other religions. And so um, there's kind of like that pigeonholing and, and uh, uh, different types of, of uh, binaries and constructs that uh, are less are less relevant in, in many spiritual experiences. But um, for those who are accustomed to that, that type of, of mindset and perspective, that's, that's, that's... Well, it just depends on history. I mean, I w- I've been just studying up a little bit of Hildegard of Bingham, and she's got to be in the 800s or 1000, a Catholic woman who completely restructured a lot of Western spirituality. A lot of people are becoming familiar with her. And she's a woman, and if you see the movies about her or read the books, this woman completely revolutionized things. And she did these answers to these questions. She just took it on what she, what her visions did and had some authenticity that is still relevant today. So mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, religion, I think, is somewhat of, we don't, I don't think we should give it away. I think it's important to have it, mm-hmm. and I certainly depend on it. But I think it's not a crutch, but it's a guideline so that we don't, won't go too far out of the, you know, start experimenting with our own mantra, I mean, uh, our own practices and things, if you, which is an important, I'm not kidding you or something, because I've heard some people I know are doing that. But essentially, some people are not as creative, and they're very unsure. It's a very hard world out there. Hmm. And a lot of people need to have a guardrail. Now, I have a hard time breathing and walking from them. In hmm. my place where I live, there is actually a guardrail around the entire facility. I don't need a. I don't even need to use my cane when I'm walking around because I just I can just hold the guardrail. Mm-hmm. But you know, I you know I want to get to the point where I'm not using that anymore. And, but essentially, religion is simply there to remind people of things. And believe me, the highest level of humanity needs that reminder because we get very distracted, and I'm one of them. Yeah. I don't mind. I I actually like religion, but I mean, I have to say. I must, uh, I think the, some really great people are able to get by without it, and I wouldn't say that it's not authentic. But I would say it would be a large mistake. I think there would be massive chaos on the planet without it. And for myself, I like it, but I also like the ability of the freedom. I feel religion is there to set us free, not imprison us. So I like to look at it as a an emancipation, liberation uh, aid. I don't like to look at it as a... Uh, well, you got to do the rules. Do those rules, or else you'll die. Ah, you're yeah, a sinner. Yeah. You know that's not the way I look at it. So, yeah. so that's my in a way. I don't know if I'm getting maybe sure, away yeah. from the answer. Well, well, you speak about you speak about religion, the structure, uh, the the guide, the the um, uh, the guide rail, or or to, to provide some, yeah. uh and and that's with in, in response to the consideration of of authority. Um, but I don't think people should give it up. I don't, I think it could yeah. really be. A major pro- if some pe- some great soupies. I-, I used to think they should just stop it. What's it's a nonsense. Mm-hmm. Even though I've always respected religions, and, I- and then there's some great mystics who said that would be truly people who are on the edge need it. And I mean, it- it's keeping the world in check. I mean, murderers and hoodlums, crazy people. And I I don't want to be you know saying that people are in religion are that level. Because some of the highest people on the planet, but if they were to dismiss religion, I don't know what kind of hell would be unleashed on the planet. There would be people that would say, "Okay, I can do whatever I want." And there's so that le- there's that level, and then there's the level of enhanced life and enlightenment. And even the highest mystics, Ibn Arabi, Jalaluddin Rumi, in the Islamic and Sufi worlds, some of the great Christians, they didn't abandon religion. 
or their own religion, even though they even might have gotten kicked out or shunned from their religion. They went on and, and had that guidelines. And so um, somebody that would say, do away with religion, I would not be in favor of them. I, I, I mean, for myself, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an authority of anything. I'm just a student, but that's how I feel about it. Okay. So you speak about uh, temporal authority and, and structure. Um, I'm interested in knowing if, if you would um, articulate or, or um, elaborate on your, your um, belief of like a, a, a transcendent or existential uh, authority um, and, and how, how, that is, how that is understood uh, within your spirituality or religion. I'm tempted to abstain from answering that, but I won't. Right. Because you're answering it and it's a legitimate question. Okay. So let's repeat it again. Yeah. What is my basically see, belief? See, what you say? What is my belief in a transcendental authority? It, it, I mean, is there such? A, or, or, I'll answer it. I'll answer. Is that what the question yeah. is? Essentially, yeah. Essentially, yeah. All right. Well, first of all, belief structures are not so important to me at all. Mm. I want to see what somebody does. So somebody can go. Are you a believer? Or you believe and once i get i mean i'm not going to really get into that because believing is quite a uh, it's a cop-out it's not somebody learned it in kindergarten they just kept on having it. it's not a functional i'm not saying belief is not helpful because god knows it is but it's not what my the backbone of where i'm headed i'm looking at uh developing you know patterns of uh, practice or behavior that are different than a belief. Well, the belief's definitely in there. It helps. It's simply a helper and a transcendental authority. I think a lot of people, this is the type of conversation a lot of people have, like in a waiting room of a medical, you know, you know, they've been to church and they're talking and this is the way they used to thinking. Yeah. And I, I, I don't like to get authentic with people because it can be stunning and they can be shocked. But it's like, my, my teacher said, your belief about who you think God is nothing related to God at all. Wow. <laughs> the actual being of God is you haven't even imagined it. Okay. Yeah. It's way. It, and so, and that is a shock. If you really get into the substance of it, that's a difficult sure. subject to admit to yourself. Did you mean all this prayer and things where I talk about God has nothing to do with God, not the substance of God, not the reality of God. Yeah. I mean, they said that Moses's face was so awesome and content that you would lose your identity or your, you, you couldn't live and see Moses' eyes. But what they were talking about is you, you would lose your own identity because you would be merged with a blazing enlightenment being. Hmm. If anybody's ever been close to a person of that nature, it is transformative. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I have been. There's a, a Krishnamurti. I saw him once, and I just, I didn't know who it was. I saw him, an image of a guy coming out of a car in New York I stood up immediately and bowed to the guy, and I, I said, that's Krishnamurti. And when you see a great teacher or you look into their face, and I have maybe some unknown people, it is transformative. And these people, what's, what is it about them that stands out? And it's like they don't have them. They're not tied to an own identity, like their religion, their belief. That's just God, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's what the great beings have been, I, you know, Rebbe Yitzhak of Berdicha from the Hasidic tradition, and they, talk, they do songs and prayers that they've made up like that. And when you read the liturgy at some level, that's what it's talking about. It's just non-identity with a certain trans, transcendental. But the Sufis put it a different way. 
and that is if you were believe in a transcendental authority, that's not really the goal only. It is a goal, but what the goal is is to have a um, double-tracked focus, which is the infinite and the finite. In other words, the imminent God and the transcendent God at the same time. Because those, both those realities, God is everywhere. Where we, where we sit is God, everything. And then beyond that, everything even beyond the imagination is also God. That's the transcendental. So the Sufis, differently than a lot, let's say, a Hindu trajectory, I'm sure Buddhism has some very sophisticated philosophies about it. They don't have God at all in there, but the imminent reality is almost as important, or maybe as important as the transcendental. It's both both mm-hmm. are issues. Both are God, so that's how I would answer that question, I suppose. That's, that's fantastic. Does that, do you, that, is that that's okay? fantastic. So let's move on to the next one. Uh, okay. Changing gears a little bit, um, perhaps literally. Um, what are significant rituals or observances within your religion or spirituality? Sleep is a big one. Napping, well, eating. Yeah. I mean, but they you know, but, no, but uh, that joke. keeps me alive. He's, Anything that keeps me alive is good. Yeah. But in terms of tr- rituals, well, you know, you have a daily prayer and a daily practice. And you have, last night I was leading something at a Catholic institution, in interfaith program that I mentioned. Right. And I was in charge of it. And we just do, we do chanting. But I also introduced a few practices. And one of them was a light practice. And I went, why the heck am I not doing more practices can involve with light? Extremely powerful. Mm. And there was some people there, and I, you know, I shared them, and they liked them, and they said they got something from it. I didn't really have enough time to discuss it completely with them, but uh, for myself, I don't do as regular a practice as I'd like, and I'm getting ready to go into a new gear and go back. I've been struggling with my health so much that it's just not fair to uh, have a regular practice because you're just happy to get up, and now I'm I'm at a point where. You know, I've created a little uh, prayer space in my house, and I'm going to move. I'm, my goal is to move to an every day, the same time, a certain amount of prayer and study, which I try to do anyway, but it's not as regular. It really helps it's if it's every day. So I have to admit, I've been a little, and, and it does. There is a significant difference in your awareness if you're really doing a practice and watching your breath uh, as much as you can during the day, as opposed to just sort of being random. Because you're not as in control, you you're, you haven't honed your own attention span to be more connected. I mean, are, we wander a lot, and if you're doing a practice, you come back to a center point easier, in my experience. So, uh, I don't know. You know, we have the Shabbat and Jewish, the ritual. You know, the the cycle. I try yeah. to follow. Yeah. Pretty, and we, you know, I have Shabbat and affiliations that I do pray on a weekly basis, and I study with a, a prayer partner, the Torah would try to do it weekly and then i you know what's that funny to you sir (laughs) and you know i try to do things this is part of my spiritual practice yeah part of my spiritual practice is is trying to um it's not ritualized but it's maybe listening a little bit more personal habits personal um uh, things that maybe have gotten not uh, more uh, as I'd like, and wow. just try to you know gradually hone them in a little bit, listen more, speak less, uh, not always tell jokes, things like that. Like, uh, uh, I'm not going to change myself, but I want to kind of hone it. I want to you know take the 
take the driving wheel and make sure I'm managing things better. That's part of my practice. The ritualized, I kind of really like the rituals. I like Arthur Waska, who's a pro, and some of these other people who are creative creators of um, in the rabbin uh, of, of liturgy. I like Jim Wallace from the Christian tradition, who really he's a Baptist, but he takes the the, just the Christian tradition and really puts a progressive spin on uh, progressivism or social activism or daily life. Hmm. He has a Sojourners magazine that I enjoy. But right. there's there's amazing number of people out there. I mean, there's people dying off and new people are taking their places, hmm. and there's younger people coming around. So I don't know if that's really what you wanted to hear, yeah. but that's kind of helpful. That's, that's helpful. Uh, so going on to the question. Wait, go ahead. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Yeah, I can hear you. Um, so what does your religion or spirituality teach about outsiders? Shun them. I mean, we, we definitely, <laughs> that sort of pisses me off is shunning. I don't understand. I think if you were in the desert and if you were in a very dangerous population, uh, period of history, you would have to have some modality of inner and outer, but the world is so interconnected. I don't see how you can have an outsider. Mm. Uh, it's really silly. I've just listened to some comedy routines this morning of Lewis Black and Carlin, and you know they're kind of angry men, but some of the stuff's kind of funny. The idea of going outside the mainstream of ideas, uh, I just think it's very limited thinking. I know that there are some great beings, like the, um, there was one guy who was at the same time, I forget his, he was the head of the head rabbi of the time, at the time that the Hasidim were starting, huh. and this guy uh, shunned and excommunicated the Baal Shem Tov, probably one of the top five or ten Jews in the last three or four hundred years. How does that happen? I don't, uh, Boru Spinoza was ostracized and excommunicated. These are the great contributors into the planet of the of, of the, well, he was Jewish. It happened to be, and they just didn't like him. They didn't like his thoughts. Galileo was ostracized by the Pope, and the, you know, they, people take them about four hundred years to realize what a foolish thing they've done. In the meantime, let's get back to the question again, please. Outside. What was the question? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's easy to I I uh, you start talking with Orthodox people about the outsiders and. Jehovah's Witnesses have a very strong shunning program. Mm. Uh, I guess you need, if you really have, if you're really focused on your organization, and I know what that's about, I'm not against organizations. You have to have some vessel to carry a population, and there are certain things. I think that's a lesson. Fear is a less powerful thing than love. It's easy to say. It's very hard to keep people organized, but um, I don't know the idea of the outsider. I know in Judaism we have you shall love the strangers yourself. So I think it's very odd that any Jewish person who had took their religion halfway seriously would have some outsider and really not want the refugees. It is a challenge to be with somebody very different from you. Right. And it's one of the challenges. I think it's probably the primary challenge of the population of the earth at the present time is to simply be respectful to people that, you, you know, we have to live with each other. Right. And at least don't kill them. But learn to not necessarily, I mean, the Christian would say we need to love them. I would say just be respectful. That would be enough. Sure. If somebody, you know, you can live with something different. It's how I live with people very different from me. And uh, that's an interesting lesson. I think it's just good to look at it. 
But it's very important. For myself, I, I don't know how the religion, I don't think we have an authority that can ostracize you. I mean, I go in some pretty um, observant or traditional sources, and if they ever found out my complete belief system, they may want to ostracize me, I suppose. But, you know, I don't spread it around, but I'm not going to lie. If they ask me questions, I'll tell them how I think. And I'm not afraid of losing it. I would love. I would be disappointed to lose that connection with very traditional sources, and I have enough faith that that wouldn't happen. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't see how people in our day and age, where everything is so closely connected, how you can even have an outsider. Yeah. I mean, honestly, unless you're living somewhere on the very isolated place, like uh, an island somewhere. But even then, I, I just don't see how it could be. It's not a. I think you're going to see less of that, or maybe more. I I don't I can't even imagine what it's. The world's changing so much. I don't see how you can have an outsider. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Uh, but it does exist because that's the you know I see the news and people consider it. So I guess with that, with these refugees, it's a shame that the world doesn't hasn't resolved that. But it looks like it's a challenge right now. So. I don't have an answer really right. for it. I just know how I feel about it myself. Well, you you uh, you provide a rather uh, multifaceted response. Um, well, you, wait, I got something else to say. Okay, which is a microcosm of that question is what I think it's almost more important or as important is what do you do with the outsider that's outside of your own belief of who you are, hmm. and that itself is an important thing. You go, oh no, no, I don't make mistakes. I don't do that. I'm not that type of a person. And how someone resolves that can be very important into how a person evolves and develops. Huh. Because if you're not willing to accept your entire shadow self and other things, so in other words, there's a reflection of how you feel about yourself and how you project onto the universe. So I think if a person's thinking, no, I, oh, no, no, I would never do that. They're kind of lying to themselves or whatever, not being truthful or... And so that's important how a person does, because it will reflect a, a group or their own belief on how to handle the outsider is how you handle the outsider, quote unquote, of your own being. Okay. Yeah. I think that might be an interesting, relevant yeah. uh, thing. There. Very appropriate. Um, Yay, I'm appropriate. I love to hear that. It's like a sticker for me. Thank you. Right, right. <laughs> so here's, the, here's the concluding question. Uh, what are gems in your religion or spirituality that you treasure? I like the free gifts during the holidays right. that the Jewish Federation gives me and uh, credits at Dave's that they do. But the, the gem, the real gems are, I think when somebody uh, recognizes you and you have communion and you get a chance to do a meditation or write or share in a dialogue mode, or do some type of meditation with a group, or doing a project in a group level in community. I like that. Uh, but that could, in my community, well, I'm a number of, quite a number of communities. I, like, I do like working in conjunction with people on a common goal. And I like being respected. I'm an idea person, but I don't have the energy to complete the task myself, which is good because that's not our time period. I enjoy working on a task with other people. I don't need to dominate the proceedings. In fact, it's not good because, you know, it's not necessary and it certainly would make it less. 
I don't always have the skills needed to complete an entire project. That's why it's good we have different people to do that, not just from an energy point of view, but different points of view, different lenses. Um, I like... Uh, what, what is the question again? I, I like to come back to this. I don't want to religion or spirituality that you oh, yeah, right. Well, I really, like I said, I don't think of religion as a prison, although you do need to start with the ability to focus and develop some type of habit patterns that are limiting. Mm -hmm. But in general, I see religion, the parts that I like, especially my spiritual things, is to develop liberation points that really going on retreat and limiting those those retreats, and I don't do many these days, I want to do one soon, gives you the freedom, a certain freedom that you can't gain in any other modality. You can't think yourself into freedom. I mean, people think they could, and maybe they can. I, but for myself, I've seen it's very limiting to just think about it. To actually put yourself in a full, fully uh, renunciate type of separation reality and i think sometimes you do need to separate yourself on a retreat hmm. it could be in daily life and if you you know i think that's actually more powerful to take it spiritually into everyday life but like with the praying that the muslims have three or just jews have it two three four or five times a day i think the liberation aspect of religion really makes it be all the problems worth it because you can't get that you don't get that type of liberation from to me, in some of the things in daily life, I think it's, and I don't want to separate taking your practice of, of a religion and separate it from social activism, because <laughs> if you don't have the justice, how can you really live? If, uh, in the Buddhists, they have the Bodhisattva vow, until everybody's freed, you can't be free. And so that's a really good thing to remember. And so I think the, just the theme of liberation and freedom is really what I like about religion. Because some people say, you're crazy. I've talked with people and they, they have no belief in God. And they go, that's what you think is gonna help society? Is religion or this type of thing? And I go, yeah. And I, they don't even give me a chance to talk about it because they don't want to. They just think it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. But I really do feel that the combination of you know, walking your talk and doing the best for your people uh, I mean, when I say your people, the people of the planet and people you come in contact day to day and caring is a reflection of your belief in God. And that's the thing I like, because you have a chance to liberate by giving to others and also letting them give to you. And that that interchange is what's important to me. Yeah. You know, and, and certainly you can use the holidays and the rituals and the daily and the yearly functions to do that. But the. Uh, the key, the key theme is the freedom, liberation. So that's that's what I think is important. I, I'm sure if I was to think this thing out, maybe I, I you know, I would say something different on another day. But that's what I have to tell you. That's substantial as it is. So that's appreciated. Well, we've gone over forty-five minutes. Yeah, uh, and and that's a wrap. Uh, those are the questions. So, um, well, I've got a few questions for you, Mister. No, <laughs> okay. No, no. Okay. Well, listen, thank you for uh, including me, Peter. Definitely. Thank you for participating. Well, maybe it. we'll talk another day, perhaps as soon well. as tomorrow. I don't know. I'm going to stop recording okay. and wrap it up here.
is the convo with Brother Jacob. And uh, there's some immediate takeaways. I don't know how the audio was on that door, but that's the convo with Jacob. I'm outside at the moment uh, listening to this, and or I was just a second ago. And now I am outside talking to this. Um, and you, actually. Um, but some of the takeaways from the convo. Um, one, the notion about the stranger to oneself. The ways in which we think we are, we like to think we are, um, and the ways we are, but we like to think we're not. Strangers to ourselves. How honest are we in that? How, how diligent are we uh, in, in, in merging um, the ideal with the actuality? Um, worrying less about others um, and, and worrying about ourselves in terms of uh, reform and reconciliation and righteous. So that's one thing. The other thing was the notion at the end of, of liberation for all. And meaning that, or considering that, um, for one to receive or experience liberation, that means that actuality, the ultimate, the ultimatality of everyone receiving or experiencing liberation. Uh, so that one is something to ponder on, uh, to meditate on, continually in this walk of life. And, and I appreciate the reminder of it at this moment. And as I'm sitting here blue sky and the soleil shining above uh, clouds wafting with the easy breezy uh, and the birds chirp chirping um, I'm thinking about life and the conditions um, the, the concerns um, as well as also the, the contentment and the consideration that all of this eventually returns experiencing liberation, if we're genuinely empathic, if we genuinely love all things, all beings, and sacrifice, all people, you know, that means that like, we are connected, and if we believe in that love, that in that love of all beings, we recognize that our interdependence of moksha, liberation, nirvana, heaven. It's other than an individualistic ambition or achievement. It is, it's even beyond a collective ambition or achievement. It is a universal ambition and achievement. Um, amidst all the facades and all the fronts and charades and everything else that we experience, the grumpiness, the nastiness, Yeah.
sell it at this moment. Uh, and one of the things that helps to kind of cultivate that patience for those who need it uh, is the consideration of reunion. That hey, we're going to see this person again. We're going to see this being again um, at some point. Uh, and so I think when we think, when we consider um, accountability along those lines, uh, including those calculated by the brother in Seattle in addition, um, then for us to kind of muster up the, the motivation to make an effort towards reconciliation at that moment. And when we make a, 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 an effort of reconciliation at that moment, that, that's like the, the efficient time saves the day's nine because uh, in making that effort, um, things, things, the, uh, the seeds of benevolence and compassion and harmony was maybe ah, six, seven years ago, eight years ago, maybe. Um, and I'm trying to think of how, how heavily sedated I was during that period because of the situations I was dealing with at that I think my coherence level is comparatively uh, moderate. Um, it might be somewhat with with uh with melody 
schedule now um, there's a there's a monthly newsletter and uh, in the monthly newsletter we share that this, this is we're just beginning a new month period in the monthly newsletter uh, we share a podcast that is scheduled for the upcoming week excuse me for the upcoming month uh, and so that includes the next this week's podcast as well as the next three podcasts after this week some additional material as well, including an explanation, a written explanation of what I just described as the membership commitments. Um, we are working on uh, organizing uh, storytelling and other platforms, we'll drop lots of them, and additionally, to make it increasingly more difficult, and in addition to some publications, uh, we are working with World Service Authority on an initiative called the World Citizens Villages Initiative. stages of pluralism, which is multiculturalism at one stage, and the next stage being heritage, and then the next stage after that being uh, world citizens. So we describe multiculturalism multiculturalism as an individual's interest within peoples from different lands. And what makes heritage is an individual's experience with people from different lands. And world citizenship is an individual's commitment towards individuals from different lands. So it's like three stages, three progressive stages of involvement uh, and, and uh, intentionality uh, when it comes to pluralism. Uh, so these groups are predicated upon all three of those different uh, stages. And it's not, it's not one better being better than another. Each one has its benefits, each one has its challenges. And so the interest is in cooperating amongst all these. So perhaps who are just multicultural and just want to like dip their toe in the water a little bit, all right, that's cool. Perhaps who are, are deep diving, scuba diving into it or whatever, all right, let's get together and let's get some things we got to the table and, and build accordingly. So this includes uh, the philosophical discussions. This also includes pragmatic uh, economic cooperation in addition. So before perhaps where, where they are at the moment. So that's what this is, that's what we're working on, um, and these podcasts are, are intrinsically connected with that. Um, it's all about relationships, 
organization to suggest uh, topics for uh, the upcoming yearly cycle of, of, of study. Um, and uh, I continue to uh, work towards being married. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, a dot, dot, dot type of situation. Thank you.